0: Hello friends. Welcome to the ATC double cut. I have a blog post that I just put up that is something that's kind of new for me. I made a tournament diary and this particular blog post has a title of Tournament Diary KBC Augusta 2023. Now I know everybody doesn't follow me on Twitter, and everybody doesn't follow me on YouTube. So some of the people that read the blog or some of the people that listen to this podcast may not have seen all of the information that I shared during the 2023 KBC Augusta tournament. And what I decided to do is to put it all together on one blog post uh, day by day, because I was there for nine days Uh, starting on the Saturday before the tournament week, and then I was there on the Sunday before the tournament week. I was there during the practice rounds, and I was there during the tournament. And I collected some data, and I shared the data. And I have learned so much from the data that I've collected during this tournament that I want to share with you some of the take-home messages that I think can be applied for any golf course, or if we extrapolate a little bit, we could say that this could be applicable for any turf grass site if you are measuring the right type of performance data or the right type of response variables about how the grass is performing. So... Um, I'm going to use, I'm going to go through the examples. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go through the highlights of what I shared during the tournament week. And then I'm going to try to spend more time at the end as I explain uh, the general principles about what I'm trying to collect and why I think that this is applicable everywhere. And it's not just something that's specific to the KBC Augusta tournament. Now, uh, I've given some presentations about this before. These are recorded as videos. Uh, one of them, I, I gave that back in 2019 in the Philippines. And that video and uh, uh, associated blog post has a title of something like, uh, hmm, what was it? A continuous, uh, that's it. It is a continuous improvement system for turfgrass. So you can see what I'm getting at here, that this type of data collection and then making decisions based on these data can be used as a continuous improvement system. And I also spoke about this at the 2022 ATPI conference. That's the Association of Turfgrass Professionals, Ireland, And I forget exactly what that presentation title was. But if you look up my presentations, that will be in seminar screencasts in my YouTube page, you will be able to find that. And I talked about how I make use of these types of data. And and those were some formal presentations where I tried to explain it. So this is not the first time that I've talked about it. Um... But I want to kind of review some of the things that I went through during the KBC Augusta tournament that I was sharing in daily Twitter threads, or now uh, X threads. And I I put them all together in this tournament diary in a uh, blog post on the ATC website. And as usual, you will find a direct link to this blog post in the show notes. So... If you're interested in checking this out, seeing that video of the four ton roller and all kinds of other cool stuff, if you want to check out the clipping volume charts and see how it changed day to day, you can find all of that information here in the blog post. So I, I, the way that I put this tournament diary together is I put dates. So it starts off on Sunday, August 20th. And that is actually a hyperlink. That heading is a hyperlink. If you click on it on Sunday, August 20th, if you click on that, it will take you to the Twitter thread that I made for that particular day. And so that will, that will work like that. Um, but I'm just going to focus on what I put here in the blog post. So in the blog post, I say, Sunday, August 20th, pre-tournament Sunday. I had arrived at the course the previous day and got my measuring tools already and made an initial set of measurements on Saturday afternoon. And then I show a picture of Andrew McDaniel and I having our traditional pre-tournament lunch at Natty Dread, which is a jerk chicken, Uh, I, I wanted to call it a restaurant, and then I wanted to call it a shack because restaurant is a little bit too fancy, <laughs> and then shack is a little bit too uh, too informal. If if you've been to Natty Dread, you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, I ended up calling it a shop, um, but it 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 it's a bit between a shack and a restaurant, <laughs> and uh, it's it's kind of cobbled together, right? By the sea, and it's a lovely place to go relax and have a nice meal before the tournament. So we've been doing that for many years, and we posted our picture of that. So um, in the blog post, i posted I, I put links to all kinds of videos, like videos that show how crunchy zoysia greens can be. When you walk across them, they make a very distinctive crunching noise. You can feel it through your shoes but you don't only feel it through your shoes you hear it and i made a couple videos of that and i showed some charts showing how the data was at the start of the week and then it goes on to monday for the first practice round and i had a video there showing all of the greenkeeping work getting started and i showed a a, a superb amazing photo of a of a sod layer with soil a soil layer In an otherwise sand-based putting green, you can see a bit of organic matter layer at the top or or total organic material layer at the top. These greens have about 12% total organic material at the top of the root zone in the top two centimeters. And the interesting thing about this layer is the roots just blast right through both that organic material layer and through the sandier layer that's underneath, and then they hit that soil layer where the sod was and the roots blast right through that also so um, layers are not advisable in turf grass root zones if you can avoid having layers that is going to be better but if you have layers it doesn't it's not necessarily a death sentence for the grass and it's possible that the layers don't cause a problem. And if the layers don't cause a problem, then it's not something that you really need to worry about. So I I showed that. And this is, uh, let's see, what day was that? That was still on Monday. So I'm showing the green speed on Monday and another uh, some information about the clipping volume and so on. And I just go through that for the entire week. So I, I go through that for the... Uh, the second practice round sharing a little bit of different type of information every day. I show the bauble test and I show how I, I share the data with a morning summary. And then I, um, which is just a single number. And then I show also how uh, in the afternoons I measure what the results were in the afternoon. So then I share that as another chart that shows morning data and the afternoon data. And this is something that rather than just talk about it, I'm just gonna encourage you to go to the website and check it out. And you'll find something here that's interesting, whether it's the layers, whether it is the crunchy Zoysia walking across the green videos, which are a bit crazy if you haven't experienced that before, or some of these clipping volume charts that show how the clipping volume was higher than it has been in past years coming in, going into the tournament week, averaging about 25 milliliters of clippings per square meter from a single cut. And in fact, the first day that the Greens got a double cut for this tournament, which was Monday morning, the clipping volume was up to 36 milliliters per square meter on average. So that's a little bit higher than it has been in the past when the clipping volume has been closer to 10 from a single cut going into tournament week and the typical clippings that we've seen for that first double cut have been about 15 milliliters. So the clippings, let's say they're about double what they were in the past. And of course that translates or that uh, that matches up with slower green speeds. The ball just doesn't quite roll out as far on Zoysia when the grass is growing that rapidly. So I, I, I share all of that in the blog post and there's all kinds of information about it. And I'm going to skip through all the way to the bottom and, and explain what I think the take-home message should be. So I, I wrote, it was a great week. That was my ninth time to work at the KBC Augusta Tournament. And this year was the best one for weather. And by that, I mean, uh, there weren't any rains that were so heavy that they delayed play. There weren't any rains that were so heavy that they interrupted the maintenance work in any way. And it was just uh, consistent. There was a little bit of rain, so we didn't have to irrigate too much during tournament week. Um, And and it was just, just quite pleasant. And the course could be prepared for play with the regular scheduled work without having to make too many adjustments. So that's what I mean when I say it was the best one for weather. And the results were really predictable for the data. The data that I collect there primarily uh, are green speed. I measure the bauble test at the same time I'm measuring the green speed. The bauble test is an assessment of how smooth the ball is rolling across the surface and how true the ball is rolling across the surface in reference to the intended line of the putt. And in addition to measuring the speed with the stint meter or the ball roll distance with the stint meter and the bobble test, which I measure at the same time as I watch those ball- balls roll across the surface, I also use my 500 gram SDI golf course firmness tester or clay Hammer to measure the putting green firmness and I use a TDR 350 with 7.5 centimeter rods or 3 inch rod length to measure the volumetric water content of the soil and I also make some measurements of the weather conditions or the temperature conditions at the time that I made the green speed measurements and the firmness measurements and the soil water content measurements. So that that basically is the set of data that I collect. And then I'm also checking what the clipping volume is from the mowing each morning. And I never... I never would have thought that the information would be so useful. But from that very first year in 2013, back in 2013 at the first KBC Augusta tournament I worked at, I didn't, I mean, clipping volume wasn't really a big thing back then. It wasn't something that I recommended back then. And yet I noticed at that tournament that as the clipping volume was decreasing, the ball was rolling out a little bit farther. And so I I realized that there seemed to be some relation between the clipping volume and the green speed, at least on Zoysia Greens in the summer. And so I started looking into that further. And eventually, I started recommending clipping volume. And now there's people all over the world that are making good use of clipping volume. And they, they some people even consider it an essential part of the maintenance, to uh, or an essential piece of data to know about the maintenance work that's being conducted. And um, another thing that I noticed there from from these measurements, and and I corrected my thinking about I've been using the golf course firmness tester, the 500 gram clay hammer, to measure the firmness. And initially, back in 2013, 2014, 2015, the first years of the tournament, I was encouraging Andrew McDaniel to do more cultivation, more coring or solid tine aerification, and more filling of those holes with sand in my mistaken belief that that would somehow make the greens firmer. It turns out that makes the greens softer. And... And as I I look back on it, it's like, okay, it's obvious now that when you do cultivation that decompacts the soil, of course it's going to get softer. And yet we can read the textbooks or we hear the common language of talking about greenkeeping. And one of the common things that we might talk about is that Pulling a core and filling that core with sand is somehow supposed to make the surface firmer. But what I found in the measurements that I've been making at Kea Golf Club year after year is that when we core the greens and fill it with sand, the surfaces get softer. So it was no surprise to me that in 2023, for the tournament data that I collected this year, the surfaces were softer this year than they were Last year, because in 2021, the greens were not cored or solid-tined, there was no cultivation. In 2022, the greens were not cored, they were not solid-tined, there was no cultivation. The surfaces were relatively firm. In 2023, the greens were core aerified and solid-tined, two types of cultivation, in June. So two months before the tournament, there was core arification, solid tine aerification, filling those holes with sand. And that loosens the soil, and then the surfaces were softer for the 2023 tournament. That's not a surprise. So it gets to the point where the data that I collect are sort of just sort of validating something that we sort of knew already and sort of putting an exact number to something that we knew would be the case. We knew that the surfaces would be a little bit softer this year. Um, there's still quite suitable for the tournament. In some of the videos that I shared, you can see the ball reaction and see how the ball bounces on these type of surfaces. So um, that's something that I learned. Another thing that I've, I've done from these tournament data and I've learned is that uh, the surf, even though the surface can have quite a bit of organic material, total organic material. These greens have about 12 percent total organic material right now. Uh, we'll find out exactly what they are at the next time of testing, but they they were recently at about 16 percent, and then that's one of the reasons why, uh, in addition to the poor bauble test scores last year, that we decided if we could put more sand, do some cultivation create space for that sand to go into the root zone and add more sand that could make the surfaces a little bit smoother this year in 2023 and get the total organic material back to a level similar to what it was about five years ago. So that work was conducted, the extra cultivation in 2023 June Uh, sand top dressing in 2023, June and July. And then we had surfaces that I measured during the tournament that were, as predicted, a little bit slower, a little bit softer than they were in the previous year. But very importantly, they were smoother as measured by the bobble test. So um, it's it's something that I'm going to explain. Um, Let's see. I'll just, I'll just explain it like this. Um, For this specific tournament, the results now get to be very predictable based on the measurements that have been made over the past uh, nine tournaments, that's, that's a total of nine tournaments that I've worked at. So over the past eight tournaments, plus this one, we look at the maintenance work and we can sort of predict what the results will be for the playability. And I didn't realize that it would be so useful to look back at the maintenance work and adjust it based on the playability. But it turns out it's almost like intuitive that any professional greenkeeper... Will be able to do that. Any golf course superintendent will be able to do that when they see how the work affects the playability. And I had, I, in fact, I had a meeting today where I was talking about how to capture some of that data. I know the Greenkeeper app is one way to capture some of that playability data. The USGA Green Sections Deacon app is another way to capture some of that playability data. I know some other people around the world are working on apps to try to develop an easy way to capture some of this performance data, like how much the grass is growing, what the green speed is, what the firmness of the green is, what the quality of the ball roll is, to capture that data so that it can be looked at in the future in some type of report, um, and then the work can be adjusted based on on what those results are. So at, uh, at the KBC Augusta tournament, we're trying to have a certain type of clipping volume because we know if we can do the typical morning double cut, followed by a roll, And if the clipping volume is at a certain level, then it's easy to predict what the green speed will be. And if we know that the surfaces have not been aerified and have not been uh, cultivated too much, then we know what the firmness level can be. So long as the organic material is not too high. So even even, uh, if it rains a little bit, if the surfaces have not been cultivated, they get pretty firm, because the soil hasn't been decompacted. So these types of measurements, um, they just turn out to be way more valuable than I ever expected. So I would encourage you to keep track of clipping volume if you can, to keep track of green speed at least weekly if you can, Keep track of the firmness level if you can. And if you, most people don't have a meter, and I don't think it's necessary to have a meter for most places, you can assess firmness as on a three-point scale. It's either too soft, it's fine, or it's too firm. So if, if you record like that, then you can identify if you're consistently having surfaces that are too firm, or if you're consistently having surfaces that are too soft, or if you have surfaces that are at an appropriate level of firmness. And I really recommend the bauble test. Um, I, I'm going to make some more explanations of the bobble test. I, I was doing 40... How many rolls was I doing? So if you do the stint meter once, uh, just just uh, think, think out loud along with me here. When you do the stint meter um uh, by the the recommended method, which uh, if, if you're doing stint meter measurements by any other method, uh, the, other than the recommended method, <laughs> I, I recommend to change to do something that's a little bit closer to the recommended method, which is rolling three balls in one direction. So that's three rolls. Then you roll three balls in the other direction. So that's a total of six rolls for each stint meter measurement. So, if you've got six ball rolls for each stint meter measurement, that is six rolls in which you've assessed the bobble test. When I do the data collection at KIA Golf Club for the KBC Augusta tournament, I actually make three stint meter measurements on each of the greens that I'm measuring. And I measure three greens. So, that is uh, six rolls per stint meter measurement times three on each green. So that's 18 measurements per green. And I do that on, or 18 rolls, 18 individual rolls of a golf ball per green. I do that on three standard greens. So that's 54 rolls. So every morning I was doing 54 rolls and giving each one of them a bobble score. Each afternoon I was doing an additional 54 rolls on those same greens, on the same spots, and giving those a bauble test score. And it's really, it's it's very predictable. If you do 54 of these rolls, you can end up with a very uh, consistent number and a very predictable number. In fact, I think you can do considerably fewer rolls than that, but uh, I'm meticulous about it and I was very careful about it. And I share those results in this blog post that I hope you'll check out. So the, the bauble test turns out to be a, a really valuable measurement um, because that's what golfers see. They, they see if the ball is bouncing around or if it's rolling smoothly. They see if the ball is uh, snaking offline, if it's bouncing a little bit to the right or kicking a little bit to the left, or they see if it is rolling on the intended line. And my, um, you know, 10 years ago, I used to just be focused more on the grass. I, w- I was thinking more about the work that we need to do to take to pre- mm, yeah, supposedly to produce a surface, but I was never really checking what kind of surface was being produced. I wasn't checking it as regularly and as carefully as I as I do today. I I was thinking more that if we do this work, the surfaces will take care of themselves. Now I think it it makes sense to consider both. Be very meticulous and careful about the work that's done and and, uh, make sure that that's done properly, but also take a little bit of time. I think at minimum, well, to start with, I think you can take one hour per week and measure these data and track it over the entire season. If your golf course is open 365 days then or, or 52 weeks, then measure it at least 52 times a year, once a week. If your course is open for 40 weeks out of the year, start off by measuring at least 40 times. But if you're measuring the stint meter every day, record that data because it, it can be valuable to look at things like how it changes in response to a double cut or how long it takes after a core aerification and, and uh, sand top dressing for the greens to get back to the desired speed. And if you measure the bobble test, you can see the effect of sand top dressing. Does sand top dressing make the ball roll better or does it make the ball roll worse? And you can measure that with the bobble test. So, um, I, I, I just want to say that that is uh, something that makes a lot of sense to me to measure the performance and then we can adjust the work. And I learned about it from the KBC Augusta tournament and I wrote about it in a tournament diary and that tournament diary is on the ATC website and I will put a direct link to that post, which has a lot of fun stuff too you can see uh, uh, as I mentioned a four ton roller going across the greens even with that four ton roller going across the greens the surfaces weren't as firm as they were last year last year the greens did not get the four ton roller they simply did not get decompacted by cultivation so um, there there's a lot of things that I used to believe were were true like um, like that coring and sand top dressing would make greens firmer. And I found it's actually the opposite, at least in this case. So if you measure this, you can find out what is the true situation for the facility that you're working at, for the turf that you're managing. And um, that that is just what I want to encourage you to do. Um, so check it out. Check out the blog post if you're at all interested in fun stuff like that. And I will uh, be back again before too long with more interesting turfgrass information. For now, I will sign off for ATC from Tokyo, Japan. I am Michael Woods. Bye-bye.